You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to another edition of the Halloween Column Podcast. He's Mike Bassick. I'm Jared Sandler. Good morning, Mike. Good morning. It's an interesting morning in Rangerland. It is. I wanted to ask you good morning just to make sure that your levels are okay. That was okay. my version of an, an on-air sound check. But uh, I do care if you have a good morning. I know, I know you always do, though. It's going good. I'm ready for this uh, Houston Astros series. I was hoping that it would be a matchup where teams would be closer in a divisional race, but it is what it is. Yeah, we'll get into that series in a little bit, but obviously the big news in Rangers land, the report from Ken Rosenthal that – came across last night that the Rangers plan on designating Sam Dyson for assignment and that they've already contacted teams around the league to let them know that that's going to happen and he's available for trade. So first, a lot of people are confused the process of what happens when you get designated for assignment. Uh, Let me quickly run through that. One, you don't have options. If Sam Dyson had options, and I'm not talking about like, oh, I have an option between hamburger or cheeseburger, like the actual option that allows a player to go down between the majors and the minors he is out of them so that's why he's not in triple a right now you designate him for assignment the team has 10 days to trade the player uh, otherwise he goes through waivers if he clears waivers which i don't think sam dyson would then the player uh, gets outrighted to triple a i'm not going to get into too much detail sam dyson does not have the ability that some players do to to reject his outright assignment and become a free agent. And the reason I'm not going to get into it, because I don't think it gets that far. Frankly, I don't even think Sam Dyson gets to the waiver process. I do think he gets traded. Uh, But uh, anyway, what is apparent is that Sam Dyson will not be on the active 25 tonight and probably will not wear a Rangers uniform again this season, uh, perhaps in the future. And my thought, Mike, when I drove home Wednesday night, I don't know what you were thinking when you finished your post game. When I finished my post game, my thought was, "All right, this has put the final nail in the coffin. The coffin was closed, but this put the final nail in that there is a mental hurdle in between Sam Dyson's ears that I just don't know if he can overcome so long as he's wearing a Rangers uniform at least this year because yeah. I don't know how else to explain the continued struggles other than it's got to be mental, and that's so tough to talk about because I can't really elaborate more than that other than to say it's not injury. I don't think uh, it's totally mechanical. There's got to be a mental block in here. Yeah, you could see the other night, Wednesday night, he was kind of talking to himself, mumbling to himself on the mound. Also, when guys start shaving or growing out beards and stuff like that, it's usually like, i got to change my luck. Which, look, sometimes that can just free your mind a little bit. But when you're Sam Dyson at this point, you can just see he's trying everything. The other thing that I noticed, and I know the ball's still coming out of his hand at 93-94, is as he lets the ball go, his arm decelerates instead of accelerates through the ball, 
it's kind of a guiding of the ball, trying to place the ball somewhere instead of releasing it and know and trust what's going to happen. So to your point, there are certain things that I could see in his, and I know his facial uh, expressions were very little, even when he was awesome last year for the Texas Rangers. But there are things that watching him pitch, you could tell he was fighting the confidence meter and that he was hoping the ball would go where he wanted to and not trusting at all that the ball would do what he wanted the ball to do. I was honestly a little bit surprised it was designated for assignment. I thought Wednesday night doing the postgame show on Fox Sports Southwest, we opened up with the conversation, and I thought – Maybe you put him on the disabled list again. And, and hey, you Mike, can give so him- the, the process, no, no, I just want to, because a lot of people want to know, what's, what is the process there? And I'm, I'm doing air quote, you know, for a guy who might not break a leg, but maybe there's an injury, you're not healthy at this point of the season. You can always justify saying, but what's the process that would lead to Sam Dyson being on the deal? He has to agree to that, right? Yeah, you call him in the office and you say, Sam, it's, it's not working out here. We do think it's going to work out at still some point this year but we would like to put you on the disabled list. And then you give them the plan of here's the plan, putting you on the disabled list. And when we think you can come back and help the Texas Rangers again, if the player says I am totally healthy, I'm fine. Then you can't do it because he files a grievance with major league baseball and the team gets into a lot of trouble. So you come up with an injury. You say something that doesn't ruin him because the player will not agree to this. He will not agree to, shoulder injury or elbow injury as a pitcher if you're totally healthy. That's not a good thing to put on your resume in 2017 that you're having shoulder issues or elbow issues. So you can put something like neck strain, uh, quad tenderness. You're going to put something that... A bruised pinky toe. Yeah. I mean, really, and we tease uh, in the clubhouse when stuff goes like this is we say he has a broken heart. And... I know that that's not the case, and you can't put that on the disabled list. But you can't? Nope. Uh, broken heart. DL, broken heart. But, uh, you know, and I don't think they even had that discussion with Sam Dyson, honestly. I think that the organization made up their mind, we're just going to move on with without him. But I just thought, personally, give him a week off. Don't even touch a baseball. Go home. Go to wherever you live in the offseason. Get away from the game of baseball for one week. And then you're going to come back a week from now, and you're going to throw bullpens, not with the big league team. I want you totally away from the, the pressure of major league baseball, whether it was going to Arizona or going to Frisco. We're going to get you away from major league baseball. You're going to throw bullpens for a week. And then we're going to put you in a non-pressure place to try to get going. And you have 30 days to do it. So once he starts his rehab start, you give him a whole month of rehabbing and see if that works out. And then if it doesn't, then you can designate him for assignment. I thought they were going to go that route, but they decided to go the route of let's just clean our hands and move forward. And I honestly can't believe, Jared, this goes back to the first podcast we did this year. I can't believe this went worse than Neftali Feliz and worse than Scott or worse than uh Tolleson. I I just I thought, okay, you probably are gonna have to replace him after ten days into the season, but I never, ever thought it'll be worse than the two closers that you went through in fifteen and sixteen. No, I agree. And I you know, my inclination, I said this yesterday on air. I know you were out sick, but when I was talking to Gavin and Jeff, I think I said uh that you know, I, the DL's likely, 
Um, so I, I was surprised. I think, you know, there's obviously a reason why. First of all, they do feel like they can get value back for him. We'll talk about that in a second. You know, I wonder if there are other factors. If they just felt like it was best for him to, you know, just, just clean slate, be in a different organization. Maybe other things came up that, you know, we're not privy to as to why they made that decision. But, you know, I think there are some people who are surprised that you can get anything for Sam Dyson because we're conditioned to look at the, you know, the box score. We're conditioned to look at the now and what has happened, not what could happen. What has happened is Sam Dyson's been, you know, one of the least productive pitchers in Major League Baseball this year, and it's also happened because of his role that, you know, he's he's not only been really poor in terms of production, but it's been very costly in terms of game situation and, and whatnot. Yeah. But what can happen is that a team can acquire a guy that still throws in the mid to, you know, high 90s. We did see 97 uh, recently with what was in March a devastating sinker. And so a team will have the idea that, hey, I can, you know, yeah. we, we can do something here. We, we yeah. got this. And so it doesn't surprise me. I'm, I'm curious if it surprises you. It does not surprise me that Ken Rosenthal reported that a few teams have expressed interest. Yeah, and, and I think he will get traded. Just to your point, Andrew Kashner was one of the worst starting pitchers in Major League Baseball last year and got $10 million in the offseason. And I'm assuming that the Rangers had to give $10 million because there was somebody offering $8 million, not because somebody was offering $1.5 million and they decided <laughs> to beat it by $8.5 million. Yeah, this isn't the A-Rod thing where they're yeah. like, oh, we'll just give you an extra $100 million. Yeah, so now, that being said, Jared, I think the Rangers fans should say you're going to get a double-A center fielder that right now projects to be a utility outfielder uh, in the major leagues. I, I, I'm curious. That's got, They're going to get somebody who's decent. Don't get me wrong, but they're also not going to get somebody that can help 2017 Texas Rangers and maybe not even 2018 Texas Rangers in there. And it's a 50-50 if the guy even plays in the major leagues. But, I mean – you just did a game with David Murphy the other night. You could get David Murphy at 22 years old yeah, uh, out of this trade, and then two years later he's helping your big league team somehow. And, hey, if you get David Mur- like the next David Murphy in this deal, that's a hell of a deal. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, and, and people might think, well, why would you – why would a team give up that guy? Well, because they, they feel like Sam Dyson can, can turn things around, and we've seen this, right? Like this happens with relievers – uh, Who is hap- the guy we got from Seattle that was horrible? Tom here? Wilhelmson, and he went back to Seattle and was decent. He last was decent, year. yeah, and he's he was Arizona good. right now. You're right, right, but he had that in Seattle, like within his his initial stint with the Mariners, where he was awesome. He was their closer, then he was bad, and then he figured it back out. I mean, we see this happen with a lot of players when they change organizations. It's happened with the Rangers. It's happened with Carlos Gomez. You ask an Astros fan. And they would have told you there's no way in hell that Carlos Gomez is a productive player because from what they saw, he was horrendous. Well, we're not saying he's Willie Mays or anything, but Carlos Gomez has been a pretty productive player for the Rangers. Yeah. And, you know, maybe that happens with Sam Dyson again. And he can't, you're right. You know, a lot of people asking what you can get. Uh, I agree. I don't think you're getting someone who can contribute to the team this year. Uh, The only thing I would throw out there, maybe... You trade a Sam Dyson for a Sam Dyson. And what I mean by that is maybe there's a team who's got a player who just hasn't worked out, who's got potential, but they're ready to punt. Yeah. And they, they need a reliever and they're willing to take a chance. Maybe maybe that's the type of guy you get if you don't get a you know, a double A or, or A ball lottery. I call them lottery ticket type prospects. Yeah. Guys who uh you know that 
their star potential is, you know, a low percentage, but it could happen. But, you know, because of the risk involved and the lack of certainty, that's why the team's willing yeah. to part ways. Now, I'm going to move forward just a little bit here. Jose yeah. LeClerc makes the major league team, and they want him to kind of be a fifth, sixth inning guy probably to start the year and then make a slow progression to maybe helping the team later in innings. And now he's going to be thrust into, because of the situation, not only with Dyson, but with Jeffress and Barnett and other guys, is he's going to now pitch the seventh inning for you and possibly the eighth inning because Kella just, his arm strength isn't awesome. I'd love for Kella to have a little bit, uh, I shouldn't say arm strength, a more rubber arm. But that's, the durability. Not, that's not the case with Kella uh, so far early on in his career. Are you excited, concerned? What would you what word would you put on it that Jose LeClerc is going to step in Friday and possibly pitch the seventh inning up by one run against the Houston Astros? I'm excited because frankly, there hasn't been a lot for us to get excited about with the bullpen. Yeah. Uh, you know, do I think that all of a sudden more responsibility is going to change things? You know, it, we've seen that with young pitchers. You know, they they get thrust into a you know a higher leverage spot with that kind of I don't want to say burden, but that weight on their shoulders, and and things change. You know, I, I guess I'm curious. I want to make sure that he's healthy. It seemed like he was with his rehab stuff, from what we heard. But uh, I think if he's healthy, you know, I think we've got a really really good reliever. And it was apparent last year. It was apparent last year that even when he couldn't throw strikes, he was a tough guy to get a hit off of. Well, he's throwing strikes again this year. So I'm curious to see how he does. I'm excited, though. I do think that Jose LeClerc will absolutely help this bullpen. Is it enough? No, because it's not just about one guy. And the, you know what I've said is, yeah, you might now have a much better setup with seven, eight, nine LeClerc, Kella, Bush. Yeah. But it's kind of going off what you said about Kella. Let's say you use him on a Friday. He might not be available on a Saturday. And in just in general, you're not going to have everyone available on a given night, so you need to have the depth. It's the depth that's important. Yep. Jose LeClerc will help that, but he doesn't solve all your problems. No, I'm right there with you, and I'm excited, concerned. Those are the two words that I used, and I'm excited to see how he does in those situations. I'm also a little bit concerned, worried, just because uh, that's a quick transition from being a starting pitcher in the minor leagues to a little bit of a reliever last year to now pitch the seventh inning against uh, quality teams up by uh, a run or two. Trying to think, like, who's the guy in the bullpen who struggled? And I guess the options here are Jefferson Barnett. Who, who's it? If I were to tell you one of those two guys turned it around, and actually became a really productive member of the bullpen. Is it more likely to be Jeffress or more likely to be Barnett? I would lean towards Jeffress just because of his major league success where Barnett was overseas, but I can see both of them being decent. I'm not going to, like I've said on the G-Bag Nation, I'm not going to say this is going to be a good bullpen in 2017. I, I at this point, two months into the season, I can't say it and I can't really see it. But I can hope it because I've seen Barnett last year be a good pitcher. I didn't see Jeffers pitch for Milwaukee, but he was really good uh, in Milwaukee last year. And he was okay with the Rangers in his short time last year with the Rangers. So I can see this becoming an okay bullpen, an average major league bullpen. But I don't want to say it will be just because that's more of optimistic hope than really knowing that it can be. 
Now, Jared, I want to go to this real quick. And I know I listen to your post-game show when I'm driving home from the game, and I'm not trying to pick on, on Corey and Kevin here, but they said, well, the bullpen needs rest, and they went into the starting pitching. It's the bullpen that is not letting the bullpen rest. The starting pitchers with uh, one of the top five quality starts uh, in in Major League Baseball, they're getting six innings more than most teams are getting six innings out of their starters. It's the bullpen that's killing the bullpen. And I heard him say, and I can't remember if it's Corey or Kevin say, well, boy, if the starting pitchers can just start going seven or eight innings, that doesn't happen in Major yeah. League Baseball anymore. You're going to have to go back to 1984 if you want a five-man rotation to average seven innings per start. Yeah, so like Clayton Kershaw and Chris Sale average seven innings per start. Yeah. that and, and Those the are the guys, team. yeah. The Rangers, I looked this up last night. The Rangers, I think, are like 10th in Major League Baseball in average innings pitched per start from a start. Yeah, that's so fine. Above yeah, that's average. Good. So you're right. And, and what you mean by that is, all right, Mike, I'm giving you the ball to pitch the sixth inning. You're not able to finish the sixth inning, so now all of a sudden someone else has to come in and maybe he finishes the sixth inning and then gets the seventh, or he finishes the sixth inning and you have to go to someone else in the seventh. But all of a sudden, you've got more guys who you wanted to use than, or more guys used who you wanted, or than what you wanted. And you know, maybe I only threw ten pitches on the Monday to you know to clean up your mess. And yeah, maybe I am then available on the Tuesday. But now I'm not going to be available on the Wednesday. Yeah, and it's just it's a domino effect, and that's why. You know, off days, like there was a game, I don't remember what it was, it was like three weeks ago, and it wasn't the Austin Bibbins-Dirk savior game, but I don't remember if there was an off day or the Rangers just didn't need, nah, you know, I think there was an off day. Everyone was available. And Banny made the comment that it's the first time since opening day where everyone is available. And you're right, it's not because of the starters. It's because of the relievers not helping one another out. And you know what? The Rangers that night went out. They got a win in a, a one or two run ball game. The bullpen was set up nicely, and it just—it's crazy. You know, you wonder. I spoke to someone who's who's really good at the Vegas thing, and he said that one of the things that will will sway the lines in Vegas is the work of the bullpen from the previous couple nights and who they think is available and who they don't think is available. And it's it's crazy, but that is that is huge. And you're right. I'm glad you brought that up. That's a great point, and it's it's so true that it's tough to have a a healthy and fresh bullpen when your bullpen's not very good. Yeah. What would the record be? This isn't fair, but I'm going to throw it out there. What would the record be if Sam Dyson was 2016 Sam Dyson for the Rangers right now? So what's it? Is it 25 and 27 right now? Is that where we're at? Or 20? What are we at? I sure. Probably know. Okay. I, I, think I, I would I, say it's a five game difference. Twenty six and twenty eight. Sorry, twenty six and twenty eight. Uh, I would say it's a. I would say, and, and I know that you're Sam going thirty one and twenty three. Yeah, I, I know that Sam Dyson has a hand in more than five games. I, I'll say it will take three of Sam Dyson's games and two of someone else's games because Sam Dyson might have impacted availability for other people on a given night. So I'll say. I'll say a five-game swing. Between Sam Dyson's struggles, Keone Kella's, uh, you know, lack of availability at the beginning of the season, this is a, a team that very easily could be 31-23, and 23, yeah. yes. And I know they have war. Uh, I would have Dyson at, and I, I know there's a lot more analytics that go into the war stat. I would have it at a minus 10. I would have the Rangers 
winning 10 other games if I get 2016 Sam Dyson. I have Matt Bush pitching those 7th and 8th innings, and he's been almost perfect. Yes, Wednesday he blew a, a, a save. That stunk, and it led to Sam Dyson having to pitch, and Sam Dyson uh, now getting designated for assignment. But I have the Rangers 26 and 28. I think that they would be 36 and 18. Shoot, that's too many. That's too much there. Um, I would have them. So I was totally wrong on my war stat. Um, <laughs> I would have them at 10 games over 500. Okay, so that would be, let's see, we got 54 games, uh, 30 and 20, 31 and 21, 32, 32 and 22. I'd have them at 32 and 22, Jared. <laughs> Thank you very much. No, I, I, w- I just think that. And it's amazing because we pick on things because their record isn't good. They're a below 500 team. Uh, people have picked on Banny because of decisions, and a lot of those are just because the bullpen's not coming through for them. Is if Sam Dyson was Sam Dyson, we would be talking about a team right now that wouldn't be leading the division because of the freaking Astros, but would be the number one wild card spot right now. Oh, and and you know not just that. I think like from a you know, forget the record. We'd be talking about a team that we're buying. I mean, this this team's buying. You know, yeah. whether or not uh, it's it's going for the division. This is a team that's playing really good baseball, and I just think the mojo and the vibe would be totally different yeah. too. You know, forget. And obviously, the record plays a part in that. But all right, so we got some questions. Want to go through here? Uh, this one from Brady. As we get starters off the DL, do we keep current rotation guys like G and Martinez and the majors uh, as bullpen guys, or do we send them back to AAA for depth? Well, so one of those guys will be, you know, the long relievers. So that's G, Martinez, Austin Bibbins, Dirks. Right now, Austin Bibbins, Dirks is in the rotation. So is Martinez. G's the long reliever. Tyson Ross will be back next week. A.J. Griffin and Cole Hamels will be back in July, is my guess, though we don't really know definitively on Griffin at this point. Uh, either way, we've got some time for those two to come back, so I think it will sort of sort itself out. But you've got to – you can't keep them all up here. Because the minute someone else goes down, you need someone who's been a starter. I just, I'm a big believer that you need someone to be in AAA that's taking the ball every fifth day, even though they might be able to marginally help your bullpen more so than whoever's the the long reliever. You only need one long reliever. Yeah. So maybe that guy, I think Austin Bibbins Dirks right now has probably got a leg up to be a long reliever and stay in the majors. I thought. Nick Martinez pitched himself out of the major leagues his last start, if I have his starts correct. But then Griffin got hurt. Yeah. And so it kind of saved him and kept him in the rotation because um, if you look at a hill, he's been going down the hill in a negative way. He started off, he came up to the big leagues, and I said, boy, all right, Nick Martinez is saving his career because I believe he's out of options after this season is Mm -hmm. over. I think so. And I thought, okay, He's going to be able to become a long reliever for somebody next year in the major leagues, whether it's staying with Texas or going to another organization. But as this season has progressed, uh, he is in a critical state right now. He has to. His next start, not for just the Texas Rangers, but for his career, and I believe this is stuff I can really speak on, when you're getting close to being out of options or you are out of options and you're in the major leagues, you have back-to-back bad games, and right now Nick's having a few more than back-to-back. It's really tough for teams to want to take a risk on you as a 40-man guy. They'll sign him to a minor league deal, but 
if he can have six innings, two runs this next start, it gives him a chance. And let's just say he gets one more. Tyson Ross, I know, is coming back. Let's say he comes back for Bibbins Dirks. And he goes another start, and he goes six and two-thirds and gives up one run. All of a sudden, teams say, oh, okay, well, maybe he's back. But he goes out there and goes five innings, four runs. You know, I just don't know how many more opportunities he's really going to get to pitch in the major leagues the rest of his life, not the rest of this season. And that's that's the thing I'm really hoping for Nick, that he can figure it out. So I, I think I have a tough time seeing, like, a really bad team not – at least give him starts just because he's he's got the experience. But I think you're right. If he wants they to be... They have guys that they probably drafted yeah, rounds true, one yeah. through five that are in double-A or triple-A, and yeah. they're 12 games out of first place, and they're just, hey, they're going to go with the young guy. I, I, yeah, no, you're right. And and you, like you said, I mean, that that you can, and I, I'm not throwing yeah, you, I mean, no, no. you can relate. That, that yeah. was kind of, you were in that mode. Yeah, at times um, I got called down for Aaron Heilman. I wasn't pitching that bad for the Mets, and they were out of it, and they called me, and they said, But Mike, Aaron Heilman was a dude for them. They yeah, thought. he's a first-round pick yeah. from Notre Dame. He's my buddy, and they just said, Mike, we're just not playing well, and we want to take a look at Aaron and see if he can pitch up here right now. Notre Dame, that was right? It. Yeah. Notre Dame never quite panned out. Uh, so... Yeah, I, I think Nick. I think you're right. Nick Martinez is definitely third on that list. I'm intrigued to see what Dylan G brings to the table. He was sharp the other night in his Rangers debut. So, uh, you know, this is obviously a fluid conversation. But I know that that Banny loves Austin Bibbins Dirks, uh, Brad Holman, Doug Brokale love the guy. And frankly, I thought he did a, did a nice job considering that he had thrown nearly 200 pitches yeah. uh, in about 10 days leading up to that start, which is yeah. you know that's not easy. He uh, fought and battled. Yeah. He did what you wanted. And he freaking had Jeffers do his job first and second. Yeah. And then you had Claudio do his job, and it just still didn't work out. So we got a question from Steve about the other guy in the bullpen who was available Wednesday night, Tony Barnett. Do the Rangers, do you think the Rangers will give Barnett a real opportunity, put him as the seven or eight inning guy for four weeks? So I guess I kind of take, take uh, I don't know that offense is the right word, but I, I take an issue with that question because they've given him a real opportunity. Yeah, he's failed. Yeah, he he has not gotten the job done this year. And I love Tony Barnett. Uh, he is one of the, the nicest guys in that clubhouse. And when Tony Barnett struggles, he'll stand in front of the cameras and he'll talk about it. And he, he'll own up to the fact that he struggled. And he's a guy to root for. But the reality is he has not gotten the job done this year. So no. I don't, you know. They've tried. Yeah, They've he's tr- gotten opportunities. Yeah. He's He just hasn't done it. You know, and I think you, as a coach, you have to be honest. You still you still stay positive. I don't think Barnett's a smart guy. He's not walking into the room going, I want the seventh or eighth inning because he knows he's had that opportunity and he hasn't been able to get the job done. And he'll probably, honestly, Jared, he'll get the opportunity just because the opportunity is there. So sure, the door's to, wide open. To the Twitter question, he's going to get a chance again because it's not like anybody has stabilized that thing. All right, a question from Ricky. Uh, what trade prospect names can we expect to hear about in July if this thing doesn't turn around? Well, that's a tough question. It, you know, it all depends on who's buying. I'll throw out one name for people to chew on right now, and we'll get into this more in depth. You know, as the month progresses, and certainly when we get into July, I'm going to take one big name on the Rangers and one big name on a potential trade partner. Let's say the Rangers were to trade you Darvish, then, and let's say that he were to go to the Dodgers. Walker Bueller is a guy who I think you would hear Bueller? tossed around. Bueller, yeah, a first-round pick out of Vandy a few years ago. He's uh, you know a rising prospect in the Dodgers system, a, a stud pitcher. He's a name. Uh, maybe Francis Martes, you know, in the Astros system is another name 
uh, that you would you would chew on to to some degree. So we'll get into that more in depth. But those are a couple names uh, from Eric. He basically he says maybe talk about how the World Baseball Classic destroyed Sam Dyson. Man, I don't think it did. I I don't know. I because to me it's not an injury thing. This is a mental thing, and so I have a tough time sitting here blaming the WBC on. Yeah, on Sam Dyson's struggles. I don't know if you have a different perspective here. No, I mean, it took him out of his routine of spring training, but he pitched well there. He won a championship there. I, I just I can't see how that played a role. Uh, I need to go look at all the other players. Uh, you know, I don't think it's played a role in other guys on the United States team having bad seasons. Yeah, no, you know, Andrew Miller's been great. Uh, you know, if you want to use another reliever, and Andrew Miller was not very good at the World Baseball Classic. Uh, this question from Hayden at what point will we pull the trigger on selling? You think the front office will see the wild card as something to hold out for? Well, here's the thing. I, you know, we talked about this before. They don't need to make a decision until July. You know, it's not like they have to commit. They don't. They don't have to RSVP. They're not RSVP into the sellers' party or the buyers' party right now. So let's let's wait through this month. You know, even if June fifteenth, we look. Let's say the Rangers lose every game from now until June fifteenth. Yeah, they're obviously going to sell. But they're still not going to actually start the process of selling yeah. in terms of executing trades for probably yeah. another two weeks to a month. They they definitely, I'll, I'll tell you this, I think that they have no doubt done their due diligence. Well, here's how to help you out here, Jared. Remember when all the stuff got leaked between the Cardinals and Astros? Yeah. Uh, there's conversations. The general managers are calling each other up regularly uh, every day. And so... Today, uh, John Daniels and his team will probably have conversations with 10 different teams, not only about Sam Dyson, but about you, Darvish, uh, about LaCroix, about Gomez, about Napoli, even about Mazzara and Odor, because all those things got leaked, and it's amazing what the guys talk about. But it doesn't mean anything's going to be executed in the next two to four weeks. Absolutely. Uh, question from Eddie. What is uh, – oh, we talked about the reasonable return from July or for Dyson – uh, Andrew wants to know, can y'all talk about our tough schedule for June and its implications for the season? You know, it's it's what I think we've both been saying. If you're going to be a playoff team, you got to beat good teams. And the Rangers are going to be playing the Astros twice in the next two weeks or two series. They'll also play uh, the Nationals, obviously a very good team in the National League. Uh, and then the Mets mixed in who have struggled. But, are the Yankees mixed in this month? Too? Uh, yeah, at some point they are. Yep. Yeah. So you're going to be playing good teams. This is a very tough month of June. The only thing I'll say as far as implications – we're going to know when July 1st rolls around. Yeah. I think we're going to know whether yeah. this team is a buying or a selling team. Yeah. All right. I think that is it. Yeah. All right. So anything else? We're done with the questions. Anything else you want to throw in there? No. The Astros series, I just wish there's a little bit more on the line. I think when you're up by it, is it 12 games or 12 and a half? I don't even know what happened last night for the Astros. I was watching basketball. But... Yeah. They, no, they were off. So, okay. Uh, so it's a 12-game yeah. lead for them. It's it's tough to be like, all right, Astros versus Rangers. I'm excited about it, but I just wish it was more like a three to five game lead. When I was when the Rangers were on the ten game winning streak, you thought, boy, I was looking forward to this one. The Rangers being five to seven back, not twelve. No, I agree. You know, it's funny. This series is is not as much about Rangers Astros. It's about Rangers just getting on track somehow, and the Astros happen to be their opponents this weekend. Yeah, and, and they don't freaking lose, man. No, they don't. And they don't score less than 16 rounds a game. <laughs> the Twins ERA, bullpen ERA, went up like 17 <sighs> points. And the Twins bullpen, I don't know if they won. I fell asleep. I didn't stay up to watch the, the Angels-Twins game, but it was a 1-1 game of the eighth, and they gave up a run or something. Mm. So I don't, I don't, it's been rough for the Twins bullpen. All right. 
We'll uh, we'll do this again next week. Thanks for listening.